Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by OS Training, keeping your clients and yourself up to date with learning WordPress and WooCommerce, and Iconic WP, plugins you can trust to work seamlessly with any theme for your next client project. I'll tell you more about a pod friend later in the show, but let's get this one on the road. To SaaS or not to SaaS? Robbie and Robert chat with Vito from Adarum and Danny and Josh from Axel about their decision behind going either the plug-in route or the SaaS route. So listen in as we hear wins, challenges, and insights as they discovered when making their own decisions. A lot of great tips here, especially if you're on the road yourself as a product builder. Hello, and welcome to Do The Woo. I'm Robbie Adair, one of your co-hosts. I've also got Robert Jacoby with me here today. And we've got a very interesting topic that we want to discuss with our guest, and that is well, how do you make the decision between taking your product as a plugin for WordPress or WooCommerce or versus becoming a SaaS product? And so we're going to have a we're going to we're going to hear both sides of that story. Uh, Robert, before we get uh, introducing our guest, how are you doing today? And and what do you think about SaaS versus plugin too? I think it's interesting coming from a hosting side as well. I, I think it almost speaks for itself. I, I love to kick some sass. Uh, it is that is that's what needs to be done. It's it's a great business model. It affords uh, an immense amount of you know upgradability, updatability, all that good stuff without having to worry about uh, sort of all that core stuff on a day to day basis. You were waiting, weren't you, all week to use that line, weren't you? You like probably were thinking it through yesterday. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that line out there. No, the line actually comes from a uh, a session I did at WordPress Costa Rica, and I had a live um, signer, uh, signer slash translator. And when I said "kick some sass," uh, she gave me a look like, "Did you just swear?" No, and. I'm like, look up at the sign, and she looks at, oh, yep, kick some sass. No, I, I, that, that's that's been a, a phrase of mine for wow, we're talking like four or five years now. Oh, awesome! Well, that was very convenient then. So let's uh, introduce our guest here today. So first of all, Vito, we've got Vito from Atrium, and so did I say that right? I hope I said it correctly. Um, so Vito, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and about Atrium. Well, the, I'll start with the meaning of the word, the Adarim, as I say it, uh, is actually, it actually means websites in Hebrew, which is my uh, native language. And, um, and I, I always like to think that uh, as long as people say the name, it doesn't matter how, you know. Um, but I started uh, building in WordPress more than uh, 13 years ago now. Um, started as a freelancer, uh, grew to an agency here in London in the UK. Um, we built more than 800 websites for clients. And as we were um, uh, struggling with collaborating with clients, getting them to give us the content, the like quality um, feedback for the designs and quality support requests, um, we kind of tried to think of a better way. And that's how we created what used to be a plugin, then evolved into a SaaS uh, um, that is now called Adarim. Uh, which helps uh, web agencies, freelancers, and basically every digital team to collaborate visually with their clients, consolidates all of the communications in one place, and makes it a breeze to work together. 
Awesome. Thanks, Vito. And Vito and I were uh, booth neighbors at WordCamp Europe. And so I've seen the product firsthand and it is amazing. And I think that the SaaS route was the correct way for you to go, which we'll talk about more as we go along. But next, let's introduce our other guests. We have Danny and Josh. And you guys are also were at WordCamp uh, Europe with Excel. And so you... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys introduce yourselves. We'll start with uh, Danny and then let Josh uh, come in and then uh, tell us about yourselves as well as the company. So I'll just introduce myself because Josh actually didn't make it to WordCamp. So I had to go in his place and um, hold the flag for us. Um, but I'm Danny. I'm the digital marketing lead. Um, and I've been part of the core team that have brought Axel from concept to reality. Over to you now, Josh. You can do your bit. It's your chance. Thanks, Danny. Um, so my name is Josh Barling. I'm the CEO of uh, and founder of Axel. Axel is actually a brand within uh, a bigger company. So I'm the CEO of Celadec as well. Celadec's uh, got quite a, a long history. Axel is relatively new. We're, we've got the startup mindset. Uh, but Celadec has, has been around for over uh, two decades now. We've had a, a pretty crazy um, history. We, we actually floated on the stock market at $200 million at one point. Um, we were we were called Actinic. So if you've been in the e-commerce game for a while, then uh, you may recognize uh, that name and that product. Uh, we rebranded as, as Celadec. And over the years, we've uh, serviced our, our customers with e-commerce solutions, platform and additional services. And collectively, they've transacted over 11 billion through our platform. And uh, we created Axel as a brand within our, our company to service the WooCommerce market. Uh, we saw an, an angle which we, we felt we could bring our experience in uh, static site generation, e-commerce static site generation, which we all know has fantastic performance improvements, and to uh, take that and package it up in plugins and uh, provide a, a more enterprise solution at a plug-in price for uh, customers in the WooCommerce market. So what, what Axel actually does is... Um, it's a, a the first product we've got is a, a product filters plugin, um, and it's in browser caching. So it's extremely fast, inherently fast, and we all know that slow sites lose customers fast. So that's the problem we wanted to solve. Yes, yes, they do, especially in the e-commerce world. We we don't want to uh, have a slow site because we will lose our customers. And I, Josh, I really um, appreciate you giving us the background too about your your the seller deck company because what I think is really interesting in this discussion is that you actually have even a third level of delivery, which is actually software, downloadable software. Um, so you know, downloadable software versus SaaS versus a plugin. And so I think that that's really interesting that you've got. The full the full spectrum experience there. Mm. Um, so let's talk about when you were looking at your products. Now, Vito, we'll, we'll we'll start with you here. You actually, I think, acquired a plugin and then took that plugin and decided that SaaS was a better route. Is that correct? No, we actually developed it in house for us as a, as an agency, just as a way of working with our own clients initially, and because we were hyper WordPress focused, the, the, the path was, let's just create a plugin because we did that for our clients in all kinds of different ways, uh, before moving to a product. Uh, and then when it kind of worked like magic for us internally, I started thinking, uh, maybe this could help some other people in the industry. So, um, before we brought it out, we can't, we ran a bunch of surveys, um, in Facebook groups and we did some market research, uh, to, um, to tap into other people's experience and how they're working with their clients and what works, what doesn't work. 
Um, and um, that fed into what was then released as version 1.0, um, which was not that uh, dissimilar from what we were using internally in the company. But now, uh, three years in, it's like a completely different beast. It, it has um, more than uh, 100 different features that look into every click uh, of an agency and a freelancer's workflow and try to systemize that uh, through automation and through um, a, through systemization of the workflow itself. So um, it really did evolve a lot, but it, it definitely started as something that we built for ourselves, a very, very scrappy version of the current product. Awesome. So you did do some market research there by going out and asking people in, in your Facebook group and other places. Yeah, the, well, we had no Facebook group, so we kind of reliant on a few other people's. And uh, I was, um, but I was already active in the space more as a as an agency owner. So it didn't seem like I was just coming in and spamming. It was more like uh, asking friends for advice and what do you think about this. And so we created a little form and had people kind of fill out what do they use and how do they feel about this. And really, we realized that more then 80, uh, 83%, I think it was back then, uh, of the industry were using emails for collaboration, but 95% of them were complaining about it. So I said, all right, there's, a, there's an opportunity here because uh, that was our experience as well. Cool. And so Josh and Danny, uh, did you guys also, when you were getting ready to venture into this new your, your startup here. Uh, did you do some research with your current customers? Did you reach out to WordPress and WooCommerce users? Uh, we did quite a, a bit of a mixture, really. I mean, we've had a, a lot of experience in um, using SaaS products, and we always try to build our contracts with our customers in a way where you can forecast uh, much e more easily than um, on projects and, and plugins. So we knew that that's a, a model we wanted to consider, but we also felt that... Um, in the space that we wanted to move into, there were existing SaaS solutions and we wanted to differentiate ourselves. And one of the, the models for that was not to tax customers on their success. So a lot of the um, providers for like search um, extensions and solutions under, under a SaaS model are based on volume, as you would expect with a, a third-party server. And, and so we felt that actually going in with a, a plugin um, gave us a an angle which maybe would get people more interested um, now we're at the start of our journey um, with this brand so i think we're always looking at how would a SaaS model fit within that um, and you know we're open to that but we're also looking at other ways to manage it for example possibly as a, a SaaS model but the infrastructure so approaching hosting companies and static site generators and looking at being part of the infrastructure that could be offered as well given that both Vito or uh Adderim and uh, excel have plugins at some point it's there's some there's some good i guess marketing you can make out of the fact if you're in the wordpress plugin directory yeah um we're not actually in there uh surprisingly um but the, so we we did bring in a, a marketing company who are um they're They've been involved in WordPress for a long time, and they basically said, don't go on WordPress.org, which I was quite surprised at. But the reason why is that they said um, there's just so many new plugins that are added that you just get lost in the noise. Um, and they've done some research on the number of downloads for uh, new plugins, and you know they're just such a smaller scale than they were five, ten years ago. Um, so that was the recommendation is that actually you just won't, you won't get much traction from that. So we've, we've, uh, we sell from our website. Um, we integrate with with a uh, freemius actually um, and we just push through different channels um, that way so 
that may change, but that's yeah, that's our current position. We're agile, remember. We are we are an agile company. <laughs> um, so maybe next week you'll see us on the WordPress market. <laughs> and for us, it's been a kind of a similar journey. Um, I knew uh, as a person that is uh, using um, WordPress that uh, um, if you see a plugin that only has just a few installs and it still sits on version one point something, uh, you're probably not going to be too keen on installing this on your website. Uh, but we didn't know that we have a solid solution that could help people. And, and I think that, that this is something that a lot of, um, um, a lot of developers just, just start from the repo and expect, expect it to happen. You know, if you build it, they'll come type of uh, mindset. Uh, but we took uh, an opposite approach and we started premium only. We launched our free plan just two months ago, uh, almost three years into the product. Um, and we kept going as a premium only product direct, direct from the website, um, working with our users, improving this and, um, basically creating our own community. Like you said, Robbie on, on Facebook and, um, uh, and just getting some feedback directly from them instead of relying on the repo. I think that now, now that there is um, a um, um, like a following to the to our solution, uh, um, not, I don't only think this is actually in the prog in the process. Uh, now we're we're launching this inside the repo as a way of taking this to the next level, uh, because now it's just going to be more of a, a an easier user experience that they can just go to their own website and just one click to download the plugin that integrates into the SaaS. Um, but uh, if we were to do it uh, the opposite, I think it would have been a quite of a different journey for us um, compared to how it went. Well, you're you're not kind of telling the whole story, Vito, because you had a product beforehand, which more you know you had a different name and brand around it that was much more WordPress specific, if I could say. Very WordPress centric, yeah. WP Feedback was the name back then, but it was still it wasn't on the repo. It was uh, all done through our website and just through. Um, my, mostly Facebook groups and, and, uh, um, and 90, 95% of it was like word of mouth. Um, like, you know, we're, we're, we're bootstrap company, so there's no, there's no actual marketing budget, especially in the early days. Uh, so it, you have to rely on people's will to talk about this and, and really on, on the quality of the product to drive it forward. And that's what, uh, that's what we did. Uh, but I, I still think that if we were to, launch it on the repo too early it would have worked against us instead of uh, a, instead of just uh, let's say maybe controlling the narrative on your own website i agree <laughs> danny so controlling the narrative word of mouth limited budget how, how does that work you know with uh, excel you're speaking my language at the moment. I'm hoping that maybe in the future we can get to your level. And I'm taking this as advice, but we've done similar things by looking at groups and, and kind of relying on word of mouth and any feedback that, that we can get back, any testimonial that we can kind of use and abuse that, I guess, and um, almost extend the life of it. So we try and make micro content out of the smallest of, of things from a small budget. You know, it's it's probably more work for us, but then also there's a lot of learning, isn't there? And um, from the learning, we'll we'll adapt and we'll be agile and push ourselves forward. But that's why we're here today, isn't it? Really, to get the word out 
Yes, and both uh, both uh, both uh, companies were also at WordCamp Europe, which I think is interesting. You're not in not in the repo, but yet you were there with a booth at WordCamp Europe. Um, and I don't know if you guys are planning on going to WordCamp Asia or WordCamp US. Uh, interested to know and and what your did you feel that being at WordCamp Europe helped you spread your word better than you've been able to in say Facebook groups or things like that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's the face to face connection isn't it and then relationship building as well and then when you're in front of people and you've got the right narrative you can kind of engage with them um and we've got a great narrative as josh said we've been around since 96 before google was around you know that's that's quite a strong message um and i think that got people hooked on um so yeah that's why i'm pushing josh to go <laughs> to us San Diego. Yeah. And so Vito, you did you also find that it was very beneficial for you to be at WordCamp Europe? Um, well, the booth was, and you, you saw because you were right next to me, there was like a constant flow of people that were uh, coming in, checking out the product. It was really awesome to meet a lot of our existing users and shake hands and, you know, meet in person. Um, but really the, the way that I look at WordCamps for us, it's mostly about uh, creating relationships with uh, potential partners rather than uh, the singular user. I think that there's, um, there's better places uh, that you can get like um, a faster return because, you know, if you're sitting at the booth and you're just doing demos, mostly you do them one at a time. So there is a really finite amount of time that you can, uh, that you can do this. Um, uh, but uh, but finding the right partners in these events, working with them after, uh, and then uh, creating something a lot more substantial for both of our users, uh, user group sakes, you know, just kind of introducing both products to our uh, audiences. I think that that was the biggest uh, impact. And this is why I love going to these events. And I try to go to as many as possible. I won't be at US uh, because I'm going to have a new baby at the same time. Congrats. Uh, thank you. And, uh, but, uh, but this morning they released tickets for WordCamp Asia. And I woke up and I was super excited and I went in and it was all sold out. So I'm now waiting for the next batch uh, to open up. And we're also going to hopefully sponsor. We applied to sponsor that as well. Um, and we were meant to sponsor in Asia back in 2020 before they before covid canceled the event so i'm looking forward to uh, maybe coming <laughs> all right so um vito you did mention that you have a plugin a wordpress plugin but your saas model actually will work with other um other types of websites they don't have to be wordpress but you have a wordpress plugin so that does give you uh, more features i suppose for wordpress users yeah, so the way that we look at this, Adorim, what it does, it allows you this to do this visual collaboration, right? So you can click any part of the page and leave a comment where the problem is directly on the website. That re reduces the all of the back and forth and all of the mess of trying to communicate something not visually. Uh, and so um, um, the way that we look at this, we have the two solutions. Uh, one is URL-based, where you can drop in any URL to any website in the world and then you can get started in six seconds and start collaborating straight away and uh, then we have the wordpress plugin and as we know installing a wordpress plugin doesn't end with uploading the plugin you gotta activate and you gotta set up the license and you gotta set up all of the settings and all of those kind of things and you go through a wizard 
So um, um, there's there's more um, uh, more actions to be done by the user uh, compared to the other solution. So we're looking at the two as the URL based is the quick solution and the WordPress is the deep solution, uh, where we're actually integrated into the website uh, deeply. So um, um, a lot of people start from the from the um, uh, quick one, which is one click, and then they see that it's awesome, and then they move on to um, to getting more out of the out of our product by installing the plugin and integrating it into the SaaS dashboard. Awesome. And so your product also then for WordPress people allows them to make comments on WooCommerce areas as well. Yeah, and this was this was a really cool use case that we noticed uh, coming out because initially I was looking at this as a solution for freelancers and agencies, uh, just looking at my own, trying to scratch my own itch, right? Uh, and um, but as as people started um, or agencies started installing the plugins on e-commerce site on WooCommerce sites, then we would start seeing users using it like the. PPC guys talking to the stock manager that is talking to the shop manager that is sending a message to the content guy that is talking to the web designer. And it's all happening directly inside the website where the work really happens. So that was a really exciting use case that uh, um, we're starting to expand on uh, over the upcoming year. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. When you build a client site, after the fact, you are doing one or two things. Continuing to help them maintain their site or simply handing it over. Now, whatever the case may be, you need to give your clients even more confidence in running their Woo shop. OS Training has a great collection of WooCommerce tutorials that will help your clients get the most out of their site. And as a bonus for you, the builder, you can also find training to enhance your knowledge as they continue to grow their WordPress and WooCommerce developer training. So whether it's for yourself or to help your clients understand and take control of their WooShop, OS Training has you covered at OSTraining.com. If you're looking for a plugin shop you can trust for your client sites, check out Iconic WP. They have you covered for extending variations with single and leaked variations plus custom fields for variations. Or perhaps you're looking for more power with your cross sales, upsells, or checkout optimization. Looking to add delivery slots to your store? They can take care of that. And lastly, help your clients by adding Woo thumbs for customized image galleries and adding videos to their store. As you can see, for your next Woo build, it'll be worth it to check out IconicWP.com. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. And so now, Josh, let's talk about your solution that you have, your plugin that works inside of WooCommerce. Now, I did get to go over to your booth. I know you weren't there, but I got to go to your booth at WordCamp Europe and see uh, Hugh, your developer, was there uh, show, showing uh, the speed and the, he had, I don't know how many thousands, 10,000 products in his demo, I think, but it was pulling up in microseconds uh, search results. So do you think that that is um, something that you could only accomplish with a plugin or do you think that is also something that, I know you said maybe 
either SaaS or perhaps something that's embedded in the infrastructure of a, a hosted solution. But do you think that the the plugin gave you guys an advantage because it's directly running in the WordPress? It, exactly that. I mean, the the technology or the methodology of the technology is is completely different to um, to most websites on the internet. I mean, especially in in WooCommerce, we're yet to find someone who has adopted the same method. Um, I challenge everyone to to find that. So we do an in browser caching, um, which is is essentially at, at its core. Uh, ultimately, what it does is is download the product data as HTML. And it's there in the browser. So every time you you click, the data is already there. There is no latency. There's no lag at all. Um, and we've this is a, a methodology we have in our own in-house platform. So we've essentially taken a, a use case which we we have across five, six hundred websites um, and and brought that into the WooCommerce community. And it it would benefit from being on a plugin. It meant that we didn't have to try and figure out the infrastructure and all the costs associated with that it meant it was quicker to um to market as well um so what you saw was our um our currently available plugin which is i can say this it's the fastest woocommerce product filters plugin on the market today but we're working on things in the background we'll make it even faster so we're going to beat our own records um so it's it's incredible and and we're competitive yeah <laughs> so it's speed is so Im- so important to us and um you know we, we want to dominate the um product discovery space and just make finding products fast and ultimately take lag away from experience uh, customers experiencing that on websites yeah, we want to bring product discovery to the SME market, and that's why we've chosen plugin. Um, you know, because <clears throat> great technology at a plugin price. Um, that's where where the, our top level uh, method methodology came from, or enterprise solutions for a plugin price. So, in, an example of that is uh, one of the uh, bigger providers out there is Algolia, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard. They're quite substantial. Um, they they do a lot more than than what we do. But if you look specifically at product filtering, we think we're we're quite comparable. And um, their solution is fast, but a lot of the time their solution requires server caching. So actually, you can find a lot of scenarios where it really just isn't that fast. Whereas ours is is always fast, regardless of server caching. Um, and that's something we wanted to bring to the market. And we know that if we provided a SaaS model, the, the cost can be quite substantial. So we had one of our our uh, customers um, chatting with our with you, our CTO. He, they're both engineers, so they um, they were getting quite technical quite quickly. Um, but he had been quoted from Algolia for um, forty thousand pounds per year for the solution. Now they do offer search and and all other things. So there's a lot of value they offer, but it just wasn't appropriate for the WooCommerce. Uh, business that he was working for they just didn't have the turnover to justify that level of investment but speed was so important to them because they have a very large database and they wanted to have a catalog that um, they could show product listing lots of products with with a lot of data and they needed that to be quick but they didn't want to spend uh, you know four thousand pounds a month on that so incomes are our plug-in for 99 dollars. too good value if you ask ask me <laughs> and it saves the day exactly i'm so i'm so glad that you brought up cost and value and infrastructure so you know for the customer there's potentially different types of costs whether you're on a SaaS or on a plugin many plugins are almost like SaaS's because there's a recurring expectation you know a lot of them are billed monthly or annually anyway even though they're a plugin but so let's dive into sort of that business perspective of 
when you decide to build out a SaaS or plugin, what is the cost to make those things happen? Mm. You know, if, if you're going to go the SaaS route, are you spending 10 times as much? Are you spending, you know, how much more on a monthly basis to maintain that infrastructure versus, you know, a plugin where it's like, okay, we built the code out, run with it, go for it. Uh, I'm going to pick on Vito first because you've really done both sides of the equation. So for us, there's a huge difference and you hit the nail right on the head there. Uh, because when, when we started as a plugin, uh, you have no concern over the infrastructure really. Um, you're, you're providing a piece of code that is then embedded into the different websites. The user has the responsibility, or at least it, we think that the user has the responsibility over their infrastructure until, uh, something happens and then, uh, some, uh, then, you want to make sure that you can help them as well. So you kind of have to jump in as well. So there's a, there's a few sides to it. First of all, being um, um, a, a huge challenge that is that every plugin out there is facing, especially front-end related plugins, is compatibility. And not only compatibility with WordPress at its core, but compatibility with 69,000 other plugins that are uh, potentially being used on the on the website. Um, not, not all at the same time, right. But on different, uh, on different environments, but then also it looks like some people are really trying to hit that, you know, 69 uh, plugins. I know. And this is a, this is, a, um, a, another thing that we've saw, we saw, we had one website that came to support and they literally had 1003 plugins installed. Uh, and, uh, we had to kind of figure out what's going on, you know? Um, so it, it became a meme internally in our Slack channel, you know? Uh, but um, but the thing is that not only the plugins are the challenge, but then you also have a bunch of different themes that were created by different developers. Even within the same pr- third-party product, uh, you have different developers that sometimes don't adhere to the same coding standards. Uh, but then I'm not even talking about different hosting infrastructures. Uh, that uh, sometimes you have uh, people that are using shared hosting to host like 40, 50, 100 websites on a $5 a month type of uh, a host, um, you know, and then it all, it, all, it all affects. So essentially there is an infinite amount of variations that you need to account for when you're releasing a WordPress plugin. And um, uh, it took us a couple of uh, years initially to kind of get to a place where it's stabilized in a way that um, it works throughout. But even now and now and then you still see all kinds of different things. For example, um, even uh, there's another layer, which is caching that you also need to account for. Um, so I'm sure with Josh's Josh solution as well, if you have caching uh, done on the browser and then there's also server side caching and there's also inside caching and, the whole thing starts to become a bit of a mess, right? So there's a lot of challenges on that front. But when you go into your own environment, first of all, the I'm not sure why that is, but the cost or the 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 cost of a WordPress developer is substantially cheaper than the cost of a of a React or a Laravel or you know a, a sysadmin type of developer. Uh, that um, that that really makes a big difference as you start to scale and as you start to build a team around you uh, for 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 SaaS versus uh, versus plugin. 
Um, and, and that is something that I don't know why that is, but it's just part of the industry. Um, WordPress developers really charge pretty much half um, on, a, on a monthly basis compared to other types of technologies. Um, and then also you have uh, infrastructure concerns like maintaining security on a SOC 2 dif- level, for example, uh, uh, that just that alone is a few tens of thousands of dollars a year uh, that you need to pay out. Um, and then, um, of course, you have your own AWS servers that uh, that you, or whatever servers, but you know you have your own infrastructure that you need to make sure that is running smoothly and efficiently, and uh, um, and 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 it's and that adds to the cost as well. So definitely, running a SaaS is more expensive than running a plugin by far um, on all aspects, really. I love that you mentioned SOC 2 because that is probably like going over the heads of, you know, half of the, uh, you know, core WordPress developers because it's just one of those things that you, you know, have to add into your business model of how you maintain that kind of uh, standards. Which is a security standards, uh, U.S. security standards that people, uh, enterprise level clients um, expect you to have in order for them to count on your software, really. So it's it sounds like it's a lot better to go the uh, Excel route with just getting that plugin out the door, right, Josh? Right, Danny? <laughs> well, I, I think to begin with, um, when you look at your budget and you start looking at the costs and the return, uh, yes, definitely. And I, I think the the point there is. Um, you know, getting to, to market quickly, uh, keeping your costs low to begin with and building up a, a brand and, and um, you know, revenue is, is where you want to start, really. I think you don't want to build up, have to build up an infrastructure and then fail before you've even started because your costs are mounting up each month and, and your, you know, your sales aren't matching that. So that, that's ultimately one of the key decisions that we made is we wanted to build this brand and justify this investment, um, get feedback in the market before we, we looked at um, higher ongoing costs for uh, the SaaS model. So it, it prevents you from worrying about SOC 2 and just for the audience, that's SOC-2, uh, as well as like PCI compliance uh, for you know making sure that all transaction logs and histories are safe and good. And, and privacy laws and yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, pa- we pass a lot of that on. That's why we're not doing SAS. Yeah. So we, pa- we pass that on, but we're, we're more than happy to take it all on board at, at the right time. It's, it's just about finding the right moment in, within the business's journey. Um, but, you know, we do have costs with, I think Vito mentioned the compatibility. That's probably our, our biggest uh, frustration is, is, trying to be compatible with all the different scenarios and then finding um, some prospects doing the trial and and they've got a very unique environment which will never ever come across ever again and um, they're asking for support and that that can always be challenging as well and our development team are our engineers they have an approach and they will not compromise so their idea of compatible is uh, is very thorough um when I look at it, it's very costly, but it means it's you know builds good infrastructure from the beginning. A speed to market is a big is a big part of it, really. Like Josh was was saying, uh, if you were to start with building a SaaS compared to a WordPress plugin, um, that's a completely different uh, ball game to get started. Uh, so I think that for a lot of people, even if you're planning on building a big business out of this and serving uh, and making a big impact in the space. Um, 
I think that, that starting with a plugin is a good way to test the water uh, before you start investing more and more into um, the back end of it. Uh, but I can also tell you that the transition between one to the other is pretty painful. Um, you know, all, all the way from, uh, from a migrating um, a subscriptions, you know, so because you start with something like easy digital downloads or like Josh uh, using uh, Freemius or WooCommerce for, for selling uh, the solution. Then you, got, then you move on to like a direct Stripe API integration. And then what happens? Uh, you know, and uh, then you have your licensing feature that you're reliant on and you need to migrate everyone in a way that makes sense. So there's a lot of challenges of making that transition, uh, which means a lot more costs as well to, to make that to make that step. I'm glad you brought that up, Vito. We actually, Robert and I just had on some guests where we were talking about licensed managers inside of, uh, inside of your, your e-commerce world and how you're doing that. And, and one of our discussions with them too was about subscriptions and moving subscriptions and how sometimes, um, like someone is moving from Freemius on over to something else, but there's not even a migration path for them. So they're going to have to let old users expire out of Freemius before they can move them in all their new ones will be in the new, um, model. But I, so I think that's, that's, it, I'm glad you brought that up because it is, it's a huge discussion, which by the way, there's a do the woo podcast about that. Hopefully it'll be out there when this one's out there, um, where we, we talked to some people about that, that same headache and pain. Oh, the, the, yeah. The, the, these tight in, perfectly because so, so much of the economics are, you know, very close to each other. What is, what is the point? I'm going to start with, you know, Josh and Danny on this one first. At, at what point do you, th- you know, what's the metric that says, you know what, we, we need to really start thinking about turning this into a SaaS model and that, and then I'll let Vito finish off with, this is why we, <laughs> this is the point we decided to switch between the two. <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a good question, and I'm I'm looking forward to having to answer that internally uh, with the team. Um, in all honesty, I, I don't know. I think we need to increase our volume. I think we need to um, have a, a much clearer roadmap and understand what that would look like and how that would fit within a transition to SaaS. I mean, I we've just gone through a migration of billing system, and um, yeah, moving across contracts and it's it's painful and it's scary as well um when you look at you know p- potential rec- renewals not happening so um yeah i, I think I, i'm not 100 sure i think in a way we probably want we would want to look at sas early on so we could avoid a lot of the pain um and i, I guess it's about the reaction in the market so it depends on how quickly the brand spreads in the market um we're trying to speak with a lot of uh people with all big audiences as well. And, and as I say, speak, we're speaking with a few hosting um, providers and static site generators. And I think those conversations and where they lead could end up helping us uh, or allowing us to uh, possibly change our, our pricing model at the same time as, as doing a few activities. So in summary, I don't know. Um, I think it will answer itself as, as things pop up. Uh, all, all I heard was we can't tell the entire do the woo audience exactly what your secret plans are. Exactly. <laughs> so Vito, what was the, what was the turning point for you? It was really um, based on the user's needs. That was the, the only decision that drove this uh, because as it started as a plugin, 
And basically what it meant is that you'd install these communication systems or the collaboration systems in each one of the websites that you're running for your clients. But then it means that you need to go into each one of the client's websites to actually see the different requests uh, or rely on email, which is what we were trying to kill. And so, um, and so having a, a, a centralized location that consolidates all of those different websites, all of those different assets that you're managing uh, became very apparent very early on that this needs to be a step that we need to take. And so we looked into, uh, basically there's like, uh, two paths of doing this um, in our in the WordPress world, and I was looking at it more like based on tools that we were using. So there is the main WP versus managed WP uh, concept, right? So just for people that don't know, main WP and main managed WP pretty much do the same thing. They allow you to update plugins and check security across multiple websites, um, and, and then. Uh, only that one of them is self-hosted so that you have a plugin that you install yourself um, that uh, that creates this centralized location, while the other one is a SaaS solution where you log in and you have all of your websites already listed there. Um, after battling with compatibility and knowing that we're going to be relying, uh, uh, um, that our users are going to be relying on API requests, and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little too technical, of basically relying on pushing information back and forth uh, between the main platform and all of their client websites, we decided that creating um, um, an, an environment where we control the experience we can optimize it to the best of the user's needs compared to letting them deal with all of the mess because, you know, dr- driving APIs and you don't know where they're going to install this master plugin and, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, so we decided to go down the SaaS route. Then it created a different channel challenge because people still saw us as a plugin, even though we still encountered all of the costs and and responsibility that come along with being uh, a SaaS. And that is what drove the rebrand because uh, first we were called WP Feedback, which by all means uh, kind of uh, signals to the the general uh, user that this is a WordPress feedback plugin, right? Um, But we were no longer a, a plugin pretty much a year before we did the rebrand. And everywhere we went to, it was still referred to as the plugin, the plugin, it's a great plugin, this is what the plugin does, instead of it and people understanding that it made this transition. So we took the opportunity with the rebrand to announce that it's no longer a plugin, it's now a SaaS platform that helps consolidate everything in one place, um, even though it already happened pretty much a year before. Oh, yeah, I could see that, Vito. I think the rebranding was a, an excellent idea for that so that people did get the, the big change. It's a massive change to go from plug-in to SaaS model. Even though you still had a plug-in that works with your SaaS model, you you are a SaaS model overall. And by the way, in, in what you were talking there, I think you just came up with a new marketing slogan for yourself too. We're trying to kill email. I love it. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all hate email, right? So, um <laughs> I want to thank all of the guests for coming on today and uh, discussing this with us. I think it's a it's a very interesting topic, especially for people who are 
new to this and they're getting into, you know, or am I going to make this a plugin? Am I going to make it a SaaS model? And I do believe from listening to both companies here that starting out with a plugin, if you're, if you're a startup, it may be the best route to go for cost. Um, and then it gets you a really good use case study to see, is this something that needs to grow into something larger that's larger than maybe even just the WordPress uh, space. So I think that SaaS may be the next logical uh, step after that. So thank you all for coming on. Robert, thanks for being my co-host again today. I always take some pressure off of me for coming up with questions. I love it. <laughs> and before we let you all go from our wonderful uh, Do The Woo, uh, what's the best way to reach you? I'll go in a sort of randomish screen order. Vito, what's the best way to reach you and connect with uh, Adarim? Uh, you can go to adarim.io, A-T-A-R-I-M.io. And if you want to see it even faster, uh, do the same with a forward slash start. Uh, that's going to take you to just inserting a URL, any URL, and get started straight away. And if you want to engage with me and just uh, introduce yourself, and uh, I'm always open to meet new people, uh, that would be on Twitter, Vito Peleg. Awesome. Danny? Yeah, so you can um, visit axel.com. That's A C. S-E-L-L.com. Um, and <clears throat> you can visit our demo store directly from the site and actually check out how fast our product is. From there, you can follow myself or Josh on LinkedIn. I'm Danielle Di Tommaso. We'll leave that in the notes because uh, my surname's a bit of a handful and Josh Barling. Anyway, um, we will possibly see you guys back on another show at some point. I know that there's a lot more we could discuss with all of you. So thank you again. And all the listeners out there, keep listening because there'll be another Do the Woo next week. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give another shout out to our two pod friends, whether it's for yourself, the team member, or a client. I'm looking for WordPress or WooCommerce training. OSTraining.com has you covered. And looking for that perfect solution for your next Woo site build? Iconic at Iconic WP is one of the trusted sources for both builders and users throughout the Woo ecosystem. Again, as I mentioned before, if you're going to WordCamp US, make sure and find me. We can spend a little time doing the Woo. So until the next time.